Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled A Time to Harvest. It was written by Brian Sammons, Charles P. Zaglanis, Glenn Owen Barras, and Mike Mason, and it's available on the Chaosium website. Jeff Wilkins is our game master, and this is Chapter 3, Episode 5. So without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jeff? Thanks, Tom. Yeah, so last episode, we pretty much spent the time in your hideout. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, um, you're the guest of Mr. Abelard, who is the head of the Federated Oil and Chemical. You're currently in a building somewhere in, in Detroit. Um, and last episode, you pretty much were introduced to the Migo and lots of information was given, I think. And at the same time, I think you guys shared your experiences with them. You sat down, you started to do some of the preparation work for your upcoming adventure to back to Cobb's Corner. Um, and then, then basically you were escorted down to the basement by Dr. Matherson, and she gave you a tour of the facilities down there. Um, do you guys, we, we kind of ended it a little abruptly, I think, so I just want to give you a chance. Any questions or things you want to follow up on? Or well, we've we'll just heard her torture the, the Miko. Yeah, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask uh, the doctor why it claimed that they hadn't. Uh, I don't have the text uh, handy, but it claimed that they hadn't uh, taken any aggressive actions, something like that. Uh, say that again. You're asking. The Migo claimed that the Migo in the in the recording. The Migo claimed that. It hadn't, they hadn't taken any uh, aggressive actions and questioned its uh, treatment. Uh, so I had wanted to ask the doctor uh, why it would claim something like that that seemed so obviously false. Uh, what aggressive actions then are you referring to? Attacking our friends and well, okay. uh, kind of. I mean, so, uh, if we're doing this in character, I guess I can just do it in character. You were asking, was there anything else we wanted to do? That's what I I wanted to do. But if this is supposed to have happened in the interval, I can tell you what I'm thinking. And what Jerry's thinking is, this seems really suspicious, actually, because obviously it would have no reason to lie about that if it if it knows that she and Abelard should know that they've been aggressive, why would it say that? So Jerry's wondering if, if in fact, maybe the Abelard story about just getting jumped in the Himalayas doesn't, isn't quite true, or maybe they think they're defending themselves or something. So I want to see what she says about this. Okay, so let me Without know. letting on that I'm suspicious, it's, uh, I'm trying to act like I'm just surprised that it would say something that seems so false. And yeah, if, if if I'm questioned, well, what aggressive actions do I mean? I'd say, well, they uh, uh, apparently they uh, assaulted us in Vermont and uh, 
attacked uh, Mescatonic University. But I'm actually being a little deceptive myself if, if I'm successful at doing that. Okay, I think this is gonna clear up that question because I think I mentioned it just in passing, but I didn't give you a specific date. That recording was done about eight years ago. Oh, so it's not recent. It's not recent. Is uh, that well, that makes Jerry even more suspicious that uh, perhaps the Adelard story is leaving something really important out, like maybe he and his son sought out the Migo and attacked them in the mountains, right? Well, like, if, uh, I would, I would ask, I, I'm going to ask Dr. Sarah, Dr. Matheson. So it, you, it, so you said that this is from eight years ago. Uh, and you, you talked about its head changing color. Is the thing that you were interrogating different than these things? That's yes, yes. I think uh, she explained to you that we believe that they can take several different shapes and forms. Um, some of them have wings, some of them don't. Some of them seem to be like these samples here. Some of them seem to be geared towards swimming and some of them are land-based. said it looked like a big creature of some sort, part fungus and part. Right, that's what we're like in the process now of figuring out. Um, it, is, it seems to be the best she can do to describe it is that it's like a, uh, a hybrid of fungi and flesh. But doctor, I'm, I'm still confused about why it would claim to be non-aggressive after all. Uh, they grievously injured Mr. Avalod and uh, apparently uh, ended the life of his son. Why would it make such a blatantly false claim? I'm actually trying to skim this while you're talking and I'm not. Well, not remember, Jerry, they attacked you. You know, we've been attacked. Don't well, know. yes, I know that makes it even more extraordinary. Why, why, would, uh, why would such an obvious, uh, obvious perhaps, hostile being uh, try to conceal its uh, malice after the fact? Perhaps they weren't aggressive then, and they've become aggressive since then. Well, I, I wonder what might have uh, inspired their change of demeanor then. Torture? Clearly well, well yes. It, uh, well, yes, it does seem to have been a... Doctor, yes, it does seem that you had had to take a rather aggressive approach in uh, in questioning it. Did you say something, Jasper? I picked up on something. I, I said um, clearly it must have been something within the last eight years. So perhaps there's something we're not being told. Well, Jeff, once Jasper just straight up says that, I would probably roll psychology on the doctor to see how she's reacting to this uh, implied accusation. Um, I'll just point out too, um, so again, I'm just trying to like weave this. I'm not sure if this is just like not clear, if I wasn't clear the first time or, or whatever, but so basically I just want to be, be clear. So um, where where is Nepal? Is that 
That's uh, uh, Tibet. On, south on of the... south, between Tibet and India in the Himalayas. Yeah. And Jeff, I made that psychology roll, by the way. The the Himalayas. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> that's that's usually the way I say it too. Is it? Yeah. And that's, how, that's how they used they used to say it like that in the in the fifties. So I guess in in game time, that's that's how they would pronounce it, wouldn't it? Ah. I always like saying things differently than other people. <laughs> is it not the hilarious? Is it the oh, hilarious? You've reminded me of something now, and I can't. No, oh, I don't know. I don't... There was something in the back of my mind. There was a quote about that. But... And I, I guess that I'll leave it at this, George slash Jerry. Um, I take your point. I'm just not clear if I have a good enough answer for you of the timing of it all. Could, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm trying to ask about the timing. Can you show us the text again? Is that possible? Uh, yeah, uh, I think so. Because I'm not really asking about the timing. I want to see how the doctor is reacting to this line of questioning. And then when Jasper rather guilelessly just says, maybe there's something we're not being told, then uh, I wonder whether a successful psychology role reveals her reaction. So I think about three quarters down it says, uh, we have not harmed you, yeah. to be left alone in secret, no harm to yeah. you. Um, so that's what I'm referring to. Right. The only thing I'm not sure of in my notes, so if you notice the top there, it says November 18th, 1926. So that's the approximate eight year time window. Yeah. I Wait, eight years? I think it's 1931. Yes, yeah, so that's that's right. Okay, so the eight years I think was when Abelard and his son were attacked. Exactly. That's, that's okay. So to uh, so if the doctor seems uncertain of what I mean, I say, well, doctor, uh, my understanding was that. Uh, this uh, interrogate this interrogation happened four years after they grievously injured Mr. Avalod and uh, ended the life of his son. How could it possibly claim to have done no harm? Well, she's she, so she's looking a little bit confused too. Um, she sees your point, you know, the the question, and she's trying to piece it together in her mind. Uh, she's not quite clear, but she, she's going to offer you the suggestion that perhaps so in the time that he was attacked and four years later, perhaps this one individual amigo is making the claim that we, meaning him and perhaps if he was with another group, we don't even know that at this point, that they weren't the ones responsible for any harm done. That, that the harm done was by another group or another. Do you, uh, is there any evidence that they have factions? Well, we, we know that they're scattered about the world. So if, if that's what you mean, I don't know if we, if we have any evidence of like uh, tribes or any sort of, what you, you use the word faction. I don't think we have any evidence per se of individual pockets acting individually. I mean, it's certainly possible, but I just don't know if we had that information. 
Excuse me, doctor. Um, we passed a room back there and it had um, spears and stones and daggers and things. Um, could I get one of them for our quest? Because it, it, it may be a good weapon against these enemies. Um, better than what we're supplying you? I don't know, but if they really get close, you know, stabbing them with a cool, sharp dagger might be awesome. I think she's <laughs> going to turn you down. Well, I, be I, I believe that. I believe, Danny, that uh, we're already uh, being supplied with some uh, grenades. I, I, I had military an idea. knives, are we not? We not? I, I had an idea for um, when I was asleep last night. I had a dream, and I had an idea for um, a possible um, uh, melee weapon that I could use to fight the Migo, um, and also a change of name. That um, it would it would mean that I'd forever be known as. Uh, Dr. Chainsaw Hands. Um, I, I wonder if I could perhaps talk to one of the surgeons about that later. Sorry, I don't think I've completely woken up. <laughs> that, that's pretty radical, Jasper. I believe the Mido might be able to use their... Uh, yeah, yeah. On the wrong team. You need to go on to the other side. Can you give me chainsaw hands? That's what I'll ask them. So, Doctor, now that we know all of this, what's next? We're going back to Connecticut? Uh, Vermont, yep. Vermont. Let's get ready. I want to go. Have you got a shooting range here? I want to practice. We, we did that whole shooting range thing. Did we? Five minutes ago. Yeah. All right. I want but to shoot again. They don't have one. I feel like I've been talked into it. So here's what, who who wants to practice skills? Well, I don't know anything about shooting, so maybe I should. Well, Doctor, if you, uh, if uh, Mr. Abelard is reconsidered or you, uh, you think there's a, a way to do, uh, do some practice, I'd certainly be game. Okay, so I'm trying to figure out how to do this. So here's what I came up with. I'm gonna have you guys do, so, so, Jerry, I believe you wanted to learn uh, pistols, right? Handguns? Yes, that, that would be ideal. Right. So, I think right now you have, what, zero? Or I can't remember if that has a base. Uh, in hand in handgun, yeah. I have uh, 21. 21, okay. Um, Which is 1% above the base. <laughs> okay. So, how about this? Let's just start with uh, Danny. Did, was there anything in particular you wanted to try and build on? I, I just went to practice my handgun. Handgun, okay. And Tug or Jasper, any handgun? Just any. I don't know anything about guns. My character doesn't. Okay. Um, I I practice my my rifle, shotgun, because I've I've really no other than basically executing two people at close range. I've no experience with a pistol. Mm -hmm. The other thing Danny's think, feeling inventive, uh, he knows he's got well, potential of using grenades now. 
So he maybe goes down if there's a kind of shoreline or something, gets pebbles and starts practicing throwing weighty stones. Um, but whether that actually helps him or not is irrelevant. He just wants to kind of practice their own things. Well, remember too, it's what three weeks after our first encounter, and we're high and we're college students. It takes years to develop really good skills. We're not going to do them in a week. Yeah, that's what I, I want to give you guys a chance, and at the same time, I don't want you to come away like with ninety percent. So I'm trying to figure out how to balance this. So let me just do this. Let me start with you, Danny. So hand grenades are pretty easy. You don't really need a hand grenade skill, I don't think. You have throw. It's and, just throw. Yeah. And dex. Um, you have base throw. What twenty? Right. Yeah, that's what I've got. Um. And your handgun skill, you're pretty good. With yeah, sixty percent. Uh, so that's pretty darn good. Um. All right. Give me a give me a skill check for throw. Uh, Feel terribly. Okay, so that's good. So now roll one d ten. You want to do this one d five? Or you do no, I'm, here's what I'm. Go ahead, just keep going. I'm gonna four. I got four. Okay, do a add that to your thing and do another skill check. Oh, 100. Okay, that's good. So do another d ten. Oh, nine. So that's actually 13 in total. Okay. And do one more. Skill check. Um, is that adding the 13? Yeah. I still, I still failed. Okay. So you can do one more D10. Seven. Okay. So that's 20. I think I'm pretty happy with that, as long as you guys are. So let's do that for the rest of you. So pick your skill that you want to practice, and you can do three skill checks in a row, basically, and just add each time. So you have the potential of getting 30 skill points. But now we're doing them like skill checks. We have to see if we pass the skill check first. Right, right. You can do that three times. Well, pass, pass, and fail. And I wasted an O2. And Jeff, do you add the uh, do you add the new skill for each check the the improvement for each check, or do you? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Good. Well, I failed all mine then, so I don't get anything. No, no, no. the skill checks. So you're you're trying to fail the skill yeah. check, and if you fail, then you get to add D10. Okay. So you failed three times, so you had right. three okay. right. to add to your. So I'm really good at throwing, well, compared to what I was anyway. See, that practicing with the rocks helped. Well, I don't, Jerry doesn't practice well, apparently. I only got, uh, got up to a 27 despite failing three times. I rolled a one twice in a row on the 1D10. Okay. So. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jerry, Jerry's not particularly uh, driven or focused. We're practicing things as concerned or studying or, well, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm tempted to um, spend the time practicing my Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. 
because I don't know where this this campaign is going to be going. Practice your uh, Tibetan. But um, I'm, what about I'm, Jasper trains his dog to attack? That would be a good one. Oh yeah. Can I see the lobster? Kill the lobster. Yeah. Can I can I train um can I train uh, my dog um as an attack dog in this in this time. Um, or I could train him to track because he's got tracking <laughs> or I could get his pipe his, his fetch pipe and slippers is already 80% so that doesn't need <laughs> but, um, what, his, it, what's 80%? his fetch pipe and slippers <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get a you get a lobster shaped pipe and uh, <laughs> Well, no, I was thinking, you know, I could crab slippers. Because at the moment, his bite, his bite skill is forty-five percent. So I could work on doing that just with a, you know, a tug thing and just going, kill, excite the dogs by doing that. You know, maybe instead of using like a traditional bite pad, I could use like a a big piece of cuttlefish or something. Things I like just that. had a thought. I just had a thought, Jasper. We better be careful. If you've got the dog and we start throwing grenades, it's going to run and fetch it. <laughs> dogs, dogs aren't stupid. <laughs> oh, some dogs. Are really some, dogs some dogs are stupid, but um, not not Jasper's dog. Jasper's dog is very intelligent and very large, but he's also a German Shepherd, so he's like very large and very very right wing. <laughs> so you've got to be quite careful with it. All right. Well, let's go on. What's mm. next? Can I go can ahead. I train can I train the dog, or does it have to be my skill? I'll I'll, I'll be a nice GM. Go ahead. Okay. So I'm guessing that's probably happened over a couple of days or something like that, Jeff. Yeah. Or even two two fails. Rewinding it. This happened over the course of the last week. Two fails for a total of 11 points. Yay. Come in handy later on. It's 56. So she's going to, I think, shut down your request for the spear items because they're, at this point, they're considering them artifacts. Okay. Um, you know, they, you, they you, can you, you can supply sturdy uh, military grade knives, I assume. Sure. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah, yeah that's one. One of those. Yeah, Danny just mumbles to Jerry under his breath, but they look mysterious, you know. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Uh, any other questions for the doctor? Well, I'm taking it that I don't get my chainsaw hands then. <laughs> you have one like Ash. All right, I'm, I'm going to move on. All right, let's move on. I didn't really want them anyway. I'm not bothered. <laughs> Do I look bothered? I'm not playing the stupid game anymore. Yeah. It's only a game. I don't care. No, I've got some, on. Uh, on with it. Let's just, let's just play it. Just get on with it. Doctor, I've got, some, rid we'll I've got some ridges behind my ear. I think they might be girls. Can you do anything? <laughs> All right. right. Moving on. Um... <laughs> The rest of the afternoon plays out with your absorbing all this information about creatures and such. 
Um, another, he treats you to another nice dinner. Um, anything you want to talk to him about? He'll make himself available in the evening. Well, I, I think honestly, we would want to know the whole story mm. of what's been going on. Well, that's kind of what I'm, what I've been doing over the last two or three sessions. And you have to remember too, it's hard to pack eight years of research into like, what can I tell you? You know, right. Right. Okay. So there's a certain amount of, I'm trying to give you guys a lot, but at the same time I can't spend. Well, Mr. Abelard, is there anything uh, that you think would be of importance to our inquiries in Cobb's Corners that you haven't had a chance to tell us yet? No, that, see, that's what I want this to be. You ask any questions you're confused about or not pushing me to give you more information. Not our characters. Okay. No, I think that we know what we're going, what's going on. Okay. All right. So we're going a nice, on a bug hunt. Yes. Yes. Uh, a nice dinner's had. You guys retire for the evening. I will say this um, since it didn't really come up in much detail. Knowing what you know now, the fact that they do tend to disintegrate pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I want you guys, you don't have to discuss it now, but I want you guys to at least start thinking about it. When you guys take your trip to Vermont, let's say you, whatever, get lucky, I don't know. <laughs> um, well, let's say you obtain your goal and you capture one of these things. How, how, what are you going to do? How are you going to get a, you're going to get, you're going to bring it back to Detroit. You're going to, interrogate it there you're going to perform experiments there you know what i mean i want you to think about what specifically how are you going to treat the you know what are you going to do basically guys i don't want you to like get to the point where all right now we got this migo now what do we do i want you to have some sort of a plan of action i want to talk to it yeah ask ask it to give us chainsaw hands first first question what is it that you eat so that we can help supply that to you so that you don't die on us? Well, I think we need to find out why why there's been... I mean, if that other one was saying that, that they haven't been aggressive, which seems like a lie because that was after the guy, um, Abelard, and his son were attacked. But it doesn't seem like a lie something would tell if it thought it was an obvious lie. Perhaps, perhaps this is all the result of a misunderstanding, then. Well, Jasper, I'm finding myself, uh, I'm finding myself uh, concerned that, that in fact, uh, there's already been uh, attempts to intrude on these beings, and that they uh, believe they're defending themselves. Well, the other, the the only other thing is, this is our planet, and they're obviously on our planet from your. That's right, Tug. That's right. I agree with you, Tug. And why are they here? If they're just studying us, they're probably studying us to invade and take over. So, An experiment on us. Look at An look experiment. at um, the professor nearly got his brain swapped. You know, after after what we've experienced with with people's bodies being taken over by other people, I guess they were people. Um, that that doesn't seem very friendly to me. I mean, that has all the hallmarks of a 
of an invasion to me. Well, they had their so, whole campus going insane. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just a, the, 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 look at the destruction and the chaos that they they have wrought. Well, that's why, that's why I wonder if there might not be uh, different factions among them, or perhaps mm. uh, different waves of arrival. Some perhaps are scientists, others uh, others an advance uh, invasion. We, but we as you say, Tug, the uh, likely outcome of a more advanced society encountering a less advanced one is uh, the thorough destruction of the primitives, which in this case would be us. Well, or exploitation of us, yeah. And as you know, you say that there might be different factions. If it's a planet, a civilization of people, of course there's different factions. But we don't even know if they understand morality. They might think, oh, they're just animals from another planet. Let's chop them up and see how they work. They might have no compunction doing that to us at all. Well, well I reckon that's uh, what most of us would uh, probably do. It's true. It's probably what we would do. And if they, if they regard us as, as, as even slightly inferior to them, then they'd have no uh, moral reason to, to tell the truth in interviews. I mean, we, we need to look at it. If we, if we just look at them, historically, if we just look at them as, as, as we would look at um, um, societies with superior technology on our own planet, discovering um, primitive societies, I'm using that word in-game, in-character, uh, I don't like that word, um, but the, the, the history of colonialism is the history of that behavior uh, perhaps they are colonizing us invading us taking us over it certainly indicates it well if that's the case the most important thing we can do is get hold of their technology and then learn enough about their society to uh, function reasonably well within it i'm assuming they let us survive that long i, I suppose both of those can be... one of them and tell send them a message don't yeah. fuck with our planet. Well, that would at least delay them on whatever time scale is appropriate to you, Goth. Well, I can't wait to get going. Go ahead. Oh, I can't wait to get going. I think we should go and exterminate yeah. these critters. Uh, well, interview them first. Yes, just... that is what we were discussing, Danny. As, as eager as I am to uh, make good use of my recent uh, handgun practice. And you should bring your cookbook with you in case there's any good soup you can fire at them or do something, you know. All right. Well, uh, I don't think there was anything of great interest in there beyond that one incantation and I have committed that to memory. Okay, I'm going to push forward. Okay. Um, evening comes along. You guys had a long day. You still bits and pieces of questions swirling in your minds. Uh, you eventually doze off and fall asleep. Um, around four in the morning, uh, you're all awoken by knocks on your doors. Kind of abrupt, you know. Bang, bang, bang. Wake up. Yes. Get up. Get up. Um, I'm up. 
you hear a, a voice basically from the other side of the door say, uh, we need you in the conference room in about 10 minutes. Hurry. Okay. I wish they told us. So after, you know, you guys quickly get dressed and make yourselves, make your way to the conference room. And um, there's a flurry of activity. There's a few more people coming and going that, you know, some people walking by with clipboards and, um, and when you enter the conference room, you see Mr. Abelard sitting there and he looks at you and he says, gentlemen, sit down, please. Um, we have a new development. Mm -hmm. um, I hate to do this to you, but I think we're going to need to put the Vermont trip on a brief hold because we have new information coming in that we believe is fresh activity uh, for the Migo. Um, Where? I would like to send you guys there as soon as possible to get a jump on this and to try and check it out. Um, it's actually in a small town in uh, Canada. Canada? Uh, it's just north of Quebec. So I was excited as much as you guys, I think, to get back to Vermont. But the fact that this new information has come in, I believe we need to act on this as soon as possible. Um, What's the indication of the uh, of the activity? Well, it's a little bit on the macabre side, but I think at this point we're all used to dealing with this to some degree, and we can maybe this is what we can come to expect when dealing with these creatures. Uh, there are two reports of two victims who have had their brains removed. Oh. They found the bodies? They found the bodies. Why Was there anything else done to them? Um, I heard Jerry say, um, sorry, as far as I know, that's, it, it's, we're getting not a lot of information. I have one person on the ground there that I'm, I've been in contact with over the phone. Um, I will be setting up a meeting with you and him. Um, Tug, I'm sorry, what, what was your question? I said, why are they, why are they removing brains? Because they're evil. That, that could be the very simple and correct answer right there. Maybe that's what they eat. I thought we had already observed that they're able to preserve human identities for, well, some span of time, according to uh, the defector. And yeah, but then, do they keep the brains, though? Maybe they do that by eating the brains, and then they can sort of excrete the personalities into someone else. They're like zombies. We, well, yes, that's right, Jasper. We we never did establish that uh, that a different brain had been implanted into the uh, the bodies of our former when colleagues. You, when do you want us to leave, Mister Abelard? Uh, and he kind of he looks at his watch and he says, "I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to ask you to be wheels up in about one hour." I'm ready. We can be ready, Mister Abelard. Are we meeting your contact? Yes. Um, 
and he, he goes through some of his papers and he tells you his contact name is Nicholas Thibault. And uh, how will we know he is uh, still Nicholas? Is there um, a code word of some kind? If you like, uh, you can, I mean, I'm trying to think how this would work then. Do you want to give me the code word and I can relay that to him and when he sees you, he can relay it back to you? Would that be? No. If, if one hasn't if one hasn't already been established, it uh, seems of little use to, uh, well, do so now, depending on how quickly we can arrive there. Although... Uh, Actually, it's a question that we really haven't asked seriously. You guys have studied them. You guys have them in the basement. Is there any way to tell if somebody has actually been taken over. Obviously, shouldn't there be a, like, scarification around? I'll tell you that's why I suspected initially that it's not as simple as uh, physical replacement of the brain. But then again, perhaps they're good at uh, concealing the scars of surgery. Maybe there's scars in the head or the back of the head or... Well, Mr. Abelard, have you ever had occasion to uh, inspect the... Uh, remains of someone who was under their control. Uh, he's trying to think back. I don't think we've been able to establish that. Um, I mean, it's an excellent question. I don't know. I just, I don't think I have an answer for you. All right. And then I suppose those type of remains are also on the list of priorities. Although uh, that is almost a more morbid speculation than uh, taking alien specimens. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. Well, I'll be ready. I'll, I'll be ready now. Stuff. Okay. Um, so the only thing, and again, I, I, I don't mean to put you guys in a bad situation, but the fact that we're dealing with going into Canada and another country, uh, you know, obviously I can't load you up like I'm getting ready to do for Vermont. So, you know, keep, uh, I think handguns are acceptable. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know what the gun laws are in Canada, but just stay under the radar as best you can is what I'm trying right. to say. Uh, well, whatever whatever the laws are, assuming uh, assuming that there are wild game in the region, it would be uh, reasonable that if we were hunting it, we would have hunting rifles as well. One doesn't generally uh, hunt, uh, hunt game with pistols. That's a very good point. Yep. So then... I will leave it up to you then. If you think you can get your way around that, then bring them. Uh, well, I, I have every intention of uh, concealing a pistol, but... Well, we don't even least... know if we're going to encounter anything like that. We're just going up there to look at the bodies, right? I, that's just it. I mean, it's it's really... This well, is what is our... Is there an established pretext for our arrival? Uh, you said this is north of Quebec. Uh, this must be a fairly... Uh, loosely populated area right correct i guess we just uh, have so, to go and find out well what what's the name of the community um he checks his notes again and it is a small town actually they call it a city so i mean it's all relative i guess but uh it's called latouk and um where are the bodies now uh you'll have to figure that out i don't i don't have any more details on that well, so you mean you mean, Mr. Avalar, that uh, 
that Mr. Tabot did not, in fact, tell you whether the bodies were already in the uh, custody of the Canadian authorities? He didn't tell me in detail, no. Nope. Uh, before we go, Mr. Abelard, is your, any of the team coming with us, or is it just us? It's just you guys. This is just short notice. Just go gather and, information. Uh, and who exactly is uh, Nicholas Thibault? Does he have some connection with the Canadian authorities? Uh, he's one of my lawyers. I uh, see. Uh, just, just, just us, you say? Yes. Um, Bring your dog, I, Jasper. I, I, I thought we, we were getting mercenaries and for that's my, yes, yes, that, and that's taking time to set up and everything. This is last minute. This is—I only learned about this about an hour ago. And uh, where will we be meeting, Mister Tabell? Will he meet he'll us at the airport? He'll be waiting for you at the train station. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Are, are we taking a train from here, or are we flying? Uh, you're going to find them. Fly into Quebec. From Quebec, you'll be put on the train. Uh, the train drops you off right into the town. the town. Yes, I understand. Well, I suppose that we had better decide what we're going to uh, tell uh, the customs when we arrive in Quebec as to the uh, purpose of our journey. Hunting. I agree. Hunting it is. Okay, so then... If you have questions or, you know, let me know. I'll try to get you what you need within reason. I mean, we're all operating under short time periods. So really it's just a very light, you know, keep your wits about you. Be careful. Good luck. All right. So he, basically, you, gives you, he basically gives you some time to go back to your rooms, gather, you know, an overnight bag, um, pack what you need. Um, Danny, at some point, you get a message that your pistols are waiting for you downstairs. Jerry, you get the same message that your rifle is being uh, made available to you. And Jasper, you apparently have a visitor waiting for you down, the, down in the garage, too. Okay. Are there also pistols down there, or is the notice so short that uh, I just have a, one new rifle? Uh, yes, if you need a pistol, we, they can get you a pistol. Right. You, you've been practicing with them at the range. So. Right, okay. Good. Um, so what about a, the knives? Yeah, as Do they have GM, the knives? anything else? You can have knives too. Um, yeah, okay, two knives, one pistol, one rifle. Okay. As a GM, anything specific or special you want to tell me about? Or? Mm. Have a big pug knife. Oh. Okay. Um, Let me take Sorry. No chainsaw hands. No, no. Um, Can his dog have chainsaw hands? <laughs> chainsaw, dog, Mr. Chainsaw Paws is his name now. Um, uh, oh, I think it's called a snap lead. Um, there's, a, there's a kind of lead where it's got like a, a catch on it. It's the same kind of thing they use for um, greyhounds when they're they're coursing them, um, and it basically means you just sort of like click the the thing, and and it releases the the doodah, hmm. the collar, and and they and what it shocks them or something. No, it just releases them. It just oh, it okay. just it sort of opens, 
so that they can, they can Danny run looks at Tug and like, what is he talking about? He's like an expert on dogs now. Sure, Jasper, if, if you think you need that, that's he can get that for you. I think we want to maybe just pick up one or two things in case we're outdoors, like some ropes and maybe really basic. Can we just like say that we have everything backpack. we need? <laughs> Out, outdoor stuff, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah somewhere, between, somewhere between ropes and flashlights and bazookas. That's where I'm just looking for anything special is really what I'm asking. Um, so, yes. Um, I'm ready. Gotcha. That's what I want to hear. All right. Um, so again, a little bit of hustle and bustle. Things are moving fast. You're being shuffled about. You make your way downstairs to the uh, to the basement. The car is waiting for you. The chauffeur that you met earlier is there waiting for you. Jasper, your friendly neighborhood pet dog is there waiting for you. Great. Um, hey, boy. He, he looks at you, the chauffeur, as like, you know, just double checking. You want to bring him with you or you want to leave him here? He's perfectly um, car trained. Okay. Pro probably. All right. So then you're whisked off to the uh, plane, the um, water plane. Can always get another one. <laughs> um, and it's, it's you're airborne. Um, you the the event the um, the plane travel is without event. Uh, I didn't figure out times and all that, but I think I figured out roughly to it's about two and a half hours of flight to get to Quebec. Um, they drop you off. You get a taxi that takes you to the plane station, the train station. Um, I'm not going to get into customs and all that. Um, you board the train. You're about I believe it's a three-hour journey by train to this small town slash city. <laughs> um, anything you guys want to do in the intermediate? I'm just double-checking. Okay. All right. So five hours. You left around five in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, you arrive at the small train station in this town uh the doors open there's a platform there the first thing as soon as the doors open you catch a whiff that's kind of nasty uh doesn't smell very good um can we identify what it is canadians <laughs> um maple syrup circle and, uh, yeah, a combination of maple syrup. And as you look around the air, um, you know, <coughs> excuse me, you tend to think uh, great white Canadian north that you're, you're there and clean and fresh air. But as you look around, you're seeing some smokestacks uh, in the near distance. Um, and I think, do any of you have a, an idea or do you want to do a knowledge roll? What coal mines and factories? Too, Pretty too much early for power stations, isn't it? Still power still generated locally, I think. Yeah. Well, I'll go ahead and do a knowledge roll if it's uh, okay. Permitted. Sure. Paper mills, maybe. Ugh. 
Smoking, yeah, smoking I made it. Yep, Tug, Tug guessed it. It's uh, paper mills. That's the number one business in this town. Ah. What's Cut down all the trees. Hang on. I'm sure there was some mention of paper mills previously with something else connected with the Migo. I don't remember that. Well, am I just confusing that with an earlier, a different scenario? Um, I guess not, but it does seem to indicate that there's a lot of um, timberland. Well, there are a lot of trees. I look around, presumably seeing a lot of trees. Mm -hmm. Can we see the wood? Yes. Yes. Uh, did he give us a visual description of uh, Mr. Thibault? Um, He did not. So as you guys are kind of standing there wondering what Mr. How, you're saying, you're saying what? How do you pronounce that? T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. It's Thibault. French Canadian. T-H-I-B-A-U-L-T. Thibault. Okay. So you're kind of standing there on the train platform and you see a gentleman who's holding up a little placard, little piece of cardboard that he's got written on there, Federated Oil and Chemical. Uh, head, head that way. Uh, the man before you is a petite man. Short blonde hair. He has a surprisingly deep voice for his small frame that carries a French lilt. Occasionally slips French words into a speech without realizing it. He's smartly dressed. Actually, you know what? That's a good question. How did you guys dress for this? You didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare. I'm just curious. Are you, you know? Well, we're from Massachusetts, so we know what warm dressing is. Yeah, we. I think we also had a we we had a um, conversation previously, didn't we? Where we we decided that we weren't going to dress like students. We were just going to dress like sort of. Well, Jeff, I. Caps. I'm dressed for a hunting trip where it's cold. Well, it's it's late August, I think, so I don't think it's that cold. Okay. But... So, cold, cold, dressed for a hunting trip where it would be a bit colder in this season <laughs> than it would be in, you know, even in Vermont. I mean, we're mm -hmm. considerably north, so. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But I have layers, right? I mean, Jerry sure. yeah, that would make is sense. a hunter, so yeah. I'm prepared for hunting. changes in weather. All right, so Jerry, hunting gear, the rest of you, normal average clothing, is that fair? Yeah, I'm New England sensibility. Ray suit. <laughs> Out, outdoorsy, you know, maybe jumper. Yeah, a little more outdoorsy. Jumper outdoorsy. and thick trousers. Okay. All right, um, so you catch... I'm gonna have to write Good morning. That. Say it again. Good, good morning. Oh, Thibault. Bonjour. Bonjour, monsieur. Comment allez-vous? And he yeah. says, your French is awful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he greets you. Um, welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to Canada. Uh, it's your first time Thank here. You. Yes, yep. sir. 
well, I wish it was under better circumstances, but uh, sounds like we have a job to do. So he, you know, you, you guys get your stuff from the train. You're all, you got all your gear and everything. Jeff, does he ever introduce himself? Yes. Because I don't address him by name. Okay. Yeah, he'll just uh, introduce himself as Mr. Tabell. Okay. I'm Jerry. Jerry, nice to meet you, sir. Um, so he's, he's like cordial and polite. Um, he asks you if... Just if. Yes, if. <laughs> All right, we respond with why. A little bit of, <laughs> further bit of information here that might be interesting. Uh, he's wearing a tan leather trench coat with a black fur aviator hat protecting against the cold. So, yeah, I guess it is colder than what I thought. Um, he asked the investors if they would like to join him at the station cafe. Okay. So, once seated, he starts to tell you the story of what he knows so far, which, mind you, is somewhat limited. Um, is there anyone else in the cafe? Yeah, it's... it's. I'm not going to say it's a hustling, bustling city, right? This is a small huh. town, basically. Um, but there's people, you know, it's, it's a normal, everyday town. Uh, there's people coming and going, and there's industry around so you know i don't want you to think too well i'm astonished that he's i'm a, since i'm astonished that he's discussing this in a cafe uh i'm certainly going to pay attention as to whether or not anyone is paying attention to us okay um do you want to do a spot hit sure <laughs> two lobsters sit in the corner uh, hard, uh, hard success. Yeah, you're, you're a little bit paranoid. You're kind of checking over your shoulder, but nothing is striking you as being out of the ordinary. Okay. Danny goes. Danny says to Jerry, Shh, "Just calm down. It's all right. We're okay. Look at those two giant lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> they look a little crabby. Did 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 you hear the joke about the two lobsters that went into the bar?" <laughs> So he, he looks at you guys and he, he sort of sizes you each up and he says, look, I understand you work for Mr. Mr. Allard and for FOC. Um, I'm not so sure I really want to know what you guys do. So unless you want to share something with me, uh, I'm happy to just move along. Why don't you go ahead and uh, share whatever you have to tell us then? Uh, although if you... Uh have a less public place in which to do that, uh, that would seem advisable. Uh, so we'll just say that you, you have a corner booth that, that, you know, you're not, nobody's nearby enough to overhear you. Okay. All right then, Mr. Tawo, go ahead. So we're operating on limited information here. Um, I have a contact in the local police station and that's where I've gotten my information from. I would like to keep that contact safe. Um, 
So I hope you guys can respect that as best as you can. Um, what my contact has been able to share with me is that we currently have two bodies. Um, and he kind of like grimaces a little bit. It's been a bit gruesome, but they have their, they've had their tops of their heads were removed and their brains were missing. And where are they now? Sorry, what? Where are the remains? Uh, I assume they're at the police station, but I don't have that information. Where were they found? I don't. I don't have that information. I mean, specific details. I don't know. You're going to have to figure that out. Will we be able to see them at the police station? Yes. Yeah, so that's what I've talked to the local police chief. Uh, his name is Julian DeGarmo, detective. Um, so he will be your contact. Now, mind you, you know, you're coming in cold. Um, and he, he sizes you up again and he's like, you all look a little bit young to me too. So I hope that's not an issue for the detective. But just be aware of the fact that you guys have no authority here that, that what the detective is doing is basically trying to help out me and slash my slash our employer. Why, well, we'll, we'll why, why is the detective interested in uh, assisting uh, Federated Oil and Chemical? Well, I mean, I don't know if I have a specific answer for you, but I can tell you that it's good to have friends in high places. That's true. Much agreed. Well, we're sure you will treat it with uh, respect. Yes, we, uh, we understand it's uh, a privilege and an opportunity to uh, be able to uh, have a contact uh, in another nation. So we appreciate uh, his time and yours. And um, uh, as you can tell, this town is, is uh, there's a lot of people here that speak French. So if the language becomes a barrier, uh, you can contact me at this number and he, he gives you his business card and he says, you Thank know, you. call me, you know, it's a small town. It's not, I, I can be there in a matter of minutes usually, uh, barring any unforeseen problems. Um, so if you run into problems there, you can give me a call. Um, I believe the detective is under the impression that you guys are here to help. Uh, so he's somewhat open to it, but just be aware that, you know, you're, you're basically intruding on an investigation. So. Well, if there is anything we can do to uh, actually assist the detective, we'll certainly be willing to do that. Right. And, and that's what I believe the detective is, is hopeful that, you know, by accepting this help that it may solve the case. Well, this sounds like a fine arrangement. So he takes out his briefcase and he slides. Who uh, he kind of slides it to the middle of the table. Who reaches reaches out and takes an envelope. I do. Okay. I'm I'm just going to look at it anxiously. Okay. Um, Mr. Abelard has authorized me to provide you with the stipend here. Uh, so you're going to get some uh, Canadian cash here. Um, he tells you that right 
few blocks down, you can't miss it, is the Hotel Baudemore. Baudemore. Yeah. He says it with much more authority than I do. <laughs> Hotel Baudemore. Baudemore. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his hand on the table as he says it. <laughs> <laughs> and he, uh, he lets you know that um, accommodations have been already set up there. You have nothing to worry about there. All you need to do is just keep track of any daily expenses that you need to be reimbursed, reimbursed for. Just keep a, a paper trail, a record of it. Okay. Any questions? Fantastic. So well, well, when, when are we, um, when are we expected to get to the boot, boots on the ground and actually begin our investigation? You're asking this to him? Yes. Um, he kind of looks at you and he, and he says, in my eyes, you've already started. So when, uh, when can we meet with the detective? As soon as you want, whenever you want. I mean, he, he's at the station. Yep. regularly yeah uh, well then perhaps we can uh, just go get settled at the hotel and then uh, where is the station uh playstation yeah yeah it's it's right down the street well thank you for the kind welcome mr Thibault, mm -hmm. and uh, and for your contact information mm -hmm. we'll be in touch if we need any further assistance Yes. So he bids you adieu. So shall we uh, head over to the hotel then? Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. So unless there's anything specific to do, we'll just push forward. Okay. So check our stuff in and then head over. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Makes sense. You guys check in, no issues. The they treat you nice at this hotel. It's a rather nice, nice hotel. So uh, I'm going to put the nicest uh, clothes, <laughs> clothes on that I brought, uh, considering that I'm no longer uh, going on a hunting trip to the police station. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, so you meet up outside the hotel. You walk about two or three blocks down, and you see see the police station. Um, the smell that you are starting to somewhat get used to, it smells like sulfur. So just to give you an idea. Uh, Jeff, uh, I'm not sure if it's important to specify these kind of things, but maybe it is. So uh, I am wearing uh, a pistol okay. under my jacket. I mean, I'm certainly not making an attempt to wear it openly, but I know I have no experience with concealed weapons. I'm hoping that since we're meeting a detective who knows who we are, he's not going to mess with us about it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm hoping. Anyway. Okay. All right. Um, just to give you, an, it's a nice neighborhood. You know, the, the lawns are well kept. Um, it's a one-story police station, you know, not that big. There's a parking lot, uh, sits off to the right-hand side. There's approximately three squad cars in there right now. Um, you walk in the door. It's a PlayStation, you know, plaster walls, reception area. There's two rows of benches. There's like an alcove in the wall uh, facing the door, and there's a desk sergeant sitting there. And he just and 
he doesn't. Jeff, what was really... the detective's name again? Can you type it or uh, yeah. tell us again? Julien de Garmont. Can we Garmont. just march up straight up to the desk and say, Usson uh, Omar? Uh, the toilet is down the hall and to the left. No, no, you fool. I'm asking, where are the lobsters? Ah, <laughs> uh, but yes, as far as going to the... Dangerously close, but my hovercraft is full of eels. <laughs> as far as going to the desk is concerned, uh, I suppose uh, if we're approaching, I, I do say uh, good uh, Good morning. Uh, is uh, Detective uh, Degarmont available? Uh, who can I say is calling? Uh, we're from... Uh, it, uh, he'll be expecting... Uh, was expecting to meet with uh, some uh, gentleman from the United States. And with that, he kind of lifts his nose up out of the books for the first time and he looks at you guys. United States. Okay. And he uh, he gets up from the desk and disappears for a bit. Um, not too busy, you know. Small town, not a lot of not a lot happening this early in the morning. Um, after a little bit, he comes back and he says, "Yes, the detective will see you uh, down the hall and to the right." Thank you. And just as you're walking down the hallway, you see a man appear and he kind of like pokes his head out like he's waiting for you and he's like, he waves you on back. He says, come on back. All right. A uh, little description here. He's a short, overweight man with black hair. He's got a comb over. Um, he... He's got a brown suit. Heavily creased, black shoes are freshly polished. Um, he's got thick jowls and he's unshaven. And he makes his way, his desk, his office is very cluttered. Papers, boxes, files, pretty much everywhere. And he's a larger man and he kind of like has to move between boxes of papers and stuff to get behind his desk. And once he kind of flops down on his desk, he looks like he's well at home there. And he looks up to you guys and he says, right, how can we help you? Well, we're, so, Todd, we're, go ahead. We, uh, we were uh, uh, brought in because we're investigators and you seem to have some very strange things going on here. Two bodies? That's correct, yes. Yes, we, we were hoping we could uh, help you. Uh, it's possible that it's something that we've worked, that we're familiar with, at least in part, something very similar to what happened in the United States. Oh, and he kind of raises an eye like he's interested. And uh, he, it's, it's still a mystery to us. We just need to collect more evidence. Mm. Um, he kind of looks you guys over, and he it's almost like he's giving you the smell test. And he says, are you, are you law enforcement? We're uh, private researchers uh, with uh, 
university backgrounds. Uh, our research uh, was uh, in some part uh, sponsored by Federated Oil and Chemical. Hmm. And in the course of this research, we uh, encountered some anomalous and uh, rather morbid uh, incidents which may exhibit a pattern. Well, you hit on the keyword there, didn't you? Morbid. Uh, we're not used to that sort of thing around here. Um, I guess you have some of the details as to what happened then? Uh, very very little. Perhaps you could tell us. Well, I'm afraid there's not a whole lot of information. And he kind of like looks around and he's like, I'll be honest with you. This is not high priority on my list. Um, I mean, yes, I, don't take me wrong. This is very concerning. I don't want this in my town and I don't want it to happen again. So we are trying our best to solve it. But we're, I'm, I'm working under limited capabilities here. Uh, you know, the, the men are, I don't have the full weight of a heavy city that, that you might expect. Well, we're, we're here simply to help with that. And, and that's very much appreciated. I hope we can work together on this. So he basically just tells you that uh, there's not a lot of details. It basically comes down to that over the course of approximately the last four days, uh, they have found two bodies basically dumped in the woods. Um, you said over the course of four days, did you find them separately? Yeah, so today would be, I guess, the fifth day. So approximately four or five days ago, we found the first body, and then approximately two days ago, we found the second body. And how uh, close was the location? One was, a matter, matter of fact, and this is a little bit embarrassing, but uh, the first location is only about three or four blocks away from here. Oh, my and uh, the second location is on basically the other side of town, the, the northern section of town. So in the woods, but uh, very near the boundaries of the town. Correct, yes. Did you, know the, did you know the people or the, the bodies that they belong to? We did not. Um, we've done some asking around. In fact, the one gentleman, and he starts flipping through his notes, um, so I'm not sure if I have the names flipped as to write which one was first, but I don't think that's really important. Um, the first name, the first gentleman's name was Anthony Corbett. Mr. Corbett. <laughs> right. And the second gentleman's name was Nathan Roche, R-O-C-H-E. Uh, but they are not local? Well, uh, Mr. Corbett was, and okay, never mind. Uh, yes, Mr. Corbett, we have some background on. We were able to figure out that he um, is a local who was working at one of the paper mills. Um, it appears as though he's been down on his luck, though, because I think he was uh, fired from his job approximately two weeks ago, or two months ago, I think it was. Do you know the reason? Uh, we think he was caught drinking on the job. And uh, Mr. Roche? 
That, unfortunately, we do not have hardly any leads at all. We've asked around town. None of the officers recognized him. Um, we had a uh, police sketch done of him. We've asked around. We've handed out the sketch. Uh, and so far, nobody has. How did you identify him by name? Did he have identification? He actually had um, the inside of a suit jacket had a tag and his name was on his tag. What was his first name again? Uh, Nathan Roche. Nathan. His name was on the tag? Yes, he wrote his name inside of his jacket. Hmm. Probably a similar jacket to others he worked with and he wanted to make sure that nobody stole his jacket. Now, I guess, I mean, it's possible maybe he stole that jacket, uh, but at this point, that's all we have to go by. So that's that's the name we're using right now. And the men were fully clothed and uh, otherwise unharmed, aside from aside from the notable mutilation. Correct. Um, I'm not sure if this is important or not, but I will say that, like Mr. Corbett, uh, uh, Mr. Roche also appeared to be down on his luck. I mean. His suit was kind of on the shabby side. You know? is, is there any indication that they, they knew each other? Uh, judging from the fact that we don't really know Mr. Roche and his background, I don't know if we can answer that. What about personal possessions? Were they carrying any? No, there were, they were uh, no, no items at all. Well, I guess Mr. Corbett, he had a wallet on him, but it was empty. Completely empty. Yeah. Is there any place in town where people maybe down in their luck would go for help, maybe with food or, you know, um, a kind of welfare place? Um, he pauses and he says, you know, our town is sort of at the end of the tracks here. Um, we're kind of the last stop. And with the paper mills, we do have kind of a high turnaround rate of uh, homeless men coming and going, uh, basically just looking for jobs. Um, so you're bound to see some, what's the term, uh, indigent? Um, not sure if that's the right word. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to make a living. I mean, I have no problems as long as they abide by the law, I, I let them be. Uh, there's a section to the east side of town where they tend to congregate. Um, some of them stay on the tracks and they are in the, the rail yard. Um, Do you know if the, your officers checked with that those people? Because it could be a line of inquiry. Yeah, that's, again, our, we're somewhat limited. That's kind of what I was hoping you guys might do. Like I said, we handed out the photo, the uh, picture. Mm. Um, it was a sketch on a photograph. That was my mistake. Um, uh, but just nobody nobody recognized them. And um, we've, we've made some attempt. It's just been a pretty much a dead end. And, and uh, did you mean to say that in in fact there are no charitable organizations here? Yeah, you know, um, there is a church. Um, 
I believe it's St. Mary's, and I believe the father there has some sort of a, you know, shelter or he, he provides them with food occasionally, that sort of thing. Did he recall seeing either, either of these men? Uh, he did not, but again, you, you could go and, and follow up on that if you want. We may. Uh, may we have copies of the sketches? Um, he looks around and says, I'll have the front desk give you one. And their, their shoes, uh, had they been walking in the woods? Um, so just to, can you elaborate on that? Was there any indication they had been walking in the woods or perhaps were they deposited in the woods after being elsewhere? I wondered if there was uh, uh, much evidence uh, from their footwear or perhaps their jackets. Uh, Um, is it the kind of detail that he's going to know? I'm trying to think if I can help with that. I mean, like, short of the fact that, like, their clothes were sort of, you know, dirty from wear and tear, not so much like they've been rolling around in the woods. Um... The same with their shoes, like they weren't necessarily caked with mud or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the. So I thought. And, and, uh, and so there were no uh, no indications of struggle either. Um, no tearing no, of buttons. I mean, I don't think we looked that close, to be honest with you. Um, do you still do you still have uh, do you still have the clothes? Uh, no, we basically, we cremated the bodies pretty much. Nobody claimed the bodies. I see. Uh, when when did this take place? I'm sorry? When did the bodies show up? Uh, the first one, I think, was approximately four days ago, and the second one was approximately two days ago. And you cremated the bodies already? Yeah. Yesterday. Jeff, can you remind me what time of year this is? I think it's late August. It might it might actually. I, it's been really vague, so, uh, so it's still kind of warm, though. Yeah, I'll say like the evenings are probably chilly. You know. Okay. Back is uh, is uh, is cremation of remains uh, standard here, or were they cremated due to their mutilated character? Uh, a bit of both. Yes. Uh, Jeff, I roll psychology. Uh, I think uh, I think I would have uh, high enough uh, anthropology to know that it's absolutely not standard to cremate uh, people in predominantly Catholic locations. Mm. So. Um, also, is there, was there a coroner? But I failed the psychology role. Was um, there forensics done on the bodies? Yes, we had our medical examiner look at them. Um, and he starts flipping through his notes. Um, well, let me, is there anything specific you wanted to ask or? I want to know what his name is so that I can talk to him. Oh, um, uh, Gabriel Rogers. Gabriel Rogers. 
Uh, Danny's mildly amused because his next question before you said he was, they were cremated was, uh, did they have any burn marks on them? Huh. But Because uh, I was thinking about the alien weapons and how Jerry was electrocuted. Yeah. Um, but obviously they, they have a big burn mark on them. But we could get that off the coroner's report if there was any unusual marks on the body. Mm -hmm. So is that available to us at the police station? Yeah, I, I believe he's here. Um, I can... You know. Yes, if he's available. Sure. Um, I suppose it goes without saying that uh, you've never seen anything like this before? Yeah, absolutely correct. Yes, this is... This is beyond a level of horrific that uh, we're not used to dealing with. So the fact that you guys are here to help, we're, we're somewhat grateful for. Well, we are glad to help. And uh, well, really, I don't think any community is uh, accustomed to anything matching this description. So and if, if uh, we come up against any dangerous characters, I assume it's okay to um, get your help. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, absolutely. yes. How, how can we reach? Uh, how can we reach you, detective, if you're not here at the station? Um. He uh, he takes out a business card, um, and he scribbles down his uh, home phone number on the back. I mean, you know. If it's an emergency, call the police station. You know, call the police. We will be there shortly. It's not that big of a town. Um, and, you know. Uh, that, that reminds me, Detective. So the station is uh, is always open? Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know, within reason. You know, if it's two in the morning, it's not like this is a big, busy city. So That's why I asked. Yeah. Um, also, how many people here in, in the town know the condition of the bodies uh it was a hard thing to keep a lid on um i believe one of was my there own... any report in the newspaper there was i tried my best to try to keep them keep some of the details out of it but i believe i mean things spread like wildfire around here so what, what details were you successful at keeping out of the public and he looks he looks a little bit like you just caught him a little bit. And he's like, well, I'm not sure I was all that successful. Understandable. Uh, and uh, as you've said, the uh, amount of detail is uh, fairly minimal in any case, uh, short of uh, the most striking feature. <laughs> so, uh, well, so on that note, I suppose uh, this would be the time to uh, speak to Mr. Rogers. Oh, is he Dr. Rogers? Uh, yeah, Dr. Well, thank you again, Detective. Uh, uh, I very much hope we can be of some use to you. Um, he, uh, he, he stops. He says, uh, I just thought of something and it may be very helpful for you. And he takes out basically a piece of paper and he just draws a real hand-drawn crude uh, map of the town. And he just puts a little uh, X by uh, where the two bodies were found. So you have a, an idea. Thank you, Detective. Yes, we may, uh, we may t want to take a look at the locations. 
And uh, I think once you get to the locations, it shouldn't be that hard to find because the, uh, the, there's like a trail kind of that leads up into the woods and it, you know, I think it'll be obvious to you is what I'm saying. And w so were they in fact found along or on the trail? They were sort of like, uh, it's like a, like a clearing almost like, uh, you know, like they may have been drug up uh, all along the trail and then just dumped off to the side. I see. That, that so the, su suggest a no attempt whatsoever was made to conceal the bodies. Uh, yeah, limited at best. I mean, and uh, well, I think any other questions I can think of uh, will be for Doctor Rogers. Okay. And he looks to the rest of the three of you. Any anything else I can help with? Mm -mm. Okay. Uh, he gives you the location of Dr. Rogers' office. Uh, the gentleman is in, and he basically just looks up. Uh, yes, how can I help? Dr. Rogers, uh, Detective uh, de Gaumont suggested that uh, you might have a few moments to uh, discuss with us your, uh, your autopsy of the notable remains uh, that were recently discovered in the woods outside of town. Mm hmm Okay. And he, he starts shuffling some papers on his desk and uh, pulls out a couple folders. I think Danny would ask the same question again. Was there any, obviously, apart from the wounds, was there any unusual marks on the bodies or similar marks on the bodies? Uh, nothing that really stood out beyond the obvious. You know, the fact that the top of the skull head was missing as well as the brain. Did, well, it looks, did it look surgical rather than brutal? Um, he looks down to his notes. He says, it looks as though it was uh, from a saw. And a saw. What I've been able to tell, um, it appears to be into mortem pre-death. Pre Were you able to determine the time of death? Not exactly, no. Well, was there any sign of decomposition? No, not really. Had rigor mortis set in? Um, me personally, I don't know the time. Oh. So... I I'll think three to three to six hours. Okay, then yes. Body dies. Then yes. Okay. Limited. How's that? All right. Well, then that would be yes. Maybe three to six hours was when their bodies were discovered. Um, Did you notice if there was anything of note uh, under the fingernails? Did not appear to be sign of struggle. If that's what you're asking. Any any burns on the bodies? Nope. Just the heads removed. Can you show us where? Were they removed up here? Were they right above the eyes? Um, yeah, approximately. Uh, see Canada, approximately three centimeters above the brow line. And. Uh, 
were the optic were the eyes left intact and yes you say the head was removed with what seemed to be a saw how about the brain itself did it look like it was surgically removed the brain stem cut cleanly and yes well, I will say maybe not surgically. Maybe, I mean, I'm trying to find the right words. Maybe, I would say with care, but maybe by someone who did not necessarily know or have a surgical background. Uh, what, what about the connections between the, the brain stem and the spinal cord? Uh, was the brain stem fully intact? Was any of the spine attached? So this, excuse me, the, the spinal cord. Was any of it attached? Um, no, it was it was cut. Were, were there any marks on the um, the the scalp or the um, what would you call it? The uh, skull skull cap. Uh, well, just to be other, clear, other that, than so, soaring, right? So, just to be clear, the skull cap was missing. Oh, uh, I see. So it was the the brain and the skull cap were missing. Did we oh. find out already who found the bodies, or was it the police? Yeah, it was. I mean, the one I think was just called in by a hiker, and the other one was just a, a local was passing by and happened to. Okay. We don't have any names for that or anything like that. Right. Okay. Yeah, so they took that top off and it's gone, and the brain. Mm -hmm. And no other injuries, or. And you say that the person was alive when this happened. To, to the best that I can tell, yes. Any drugs or pharmaceuticals in the in the bloodstream, or that would indicate they were drugged. Uh. I would have liked to have known that, but we are not set up for that, and I'm not sure. I, I know this sounds like a silly question to ask, but um, uh, did either of the bodies look like they'd been dropped or thrown? Um, when you say thrown, what? Well, or possibly un unloaded, or you know, that, like the um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Well, how were their limbs arranged? Were they were they laid out uh, face up uh, with their limbs at their sides, or, or did it appear that they'd simply fallen uh, into the clearing, or, or as uh, or as my colleague says, uh, perhaps uh, dumped there? I guess that's probably the word I would use: dumped. So, no evidence of anybody doing this to them? Right. So when you say you weren't set up for a more detailed autopsy, uh, does this mean that uh, the uh, provincial authorities uh, are not involved at all in this uh, investigation? Yeah, and again, he kind of like looks around and he's like, you know, I don't, 
I don't want to sound insensitive and I don't, I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but you know, we're, we're talking about two human beings. I understand that, but these are basically drifters, you know, nobody, no family, nobody's paying for their remains. Nobody's, there's no funerals. It's, it's, this is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we understand that the, uh, the bodies were cremated, uh, fairly soon after your but still uh, the details are so unusual we would have preferred if you hadn't cremated the body so quickly there could have been further evidence that you may have missed um Jeff uh, roll psychology when he says that to see if he looks offended or evasive I fail again because I'm also thinking if you've got two bodies with the same modus operandi, you might have some fucking serial killer on your, you know, somebody who's chopping people's heads off and using the tops of their heads as a bowl to eat their brains. <laughs> it's, uh, if, if, if any other bodies show up like this, don't cremate them. We'll, we'll, we'll ship them back to the U.S. and have them do, you know, pharmacological tests and yes, also see uh, if they can find out what this person's motivations might be, or how he's how the person was still alive and not struggling as their brain was being removed. Yes, uh, as my as my colleague says, uh, we are prepared uh, to. Uh, fund whatever further research might be necessary to uh, properly evaluate any other evidence that comes to light. You you, uh, you should be uh, you should be aware, Doctor Rogers, that uh, well we we have some research experience dealing with uh, um, deviant uh, psychology, and uh, although. Events like this are rarely reported consistently uh, by journalists. Uh, the uh, the extent of depravity of which uh, the mind is capable is uh, quite considerably greater than what might normally be expected, and so our, our research often proceeds along some disturbing lines. Uh, we're quite happy to ensure that you need not uh, probe those depths any further than you are personally inclined to do. Uh, and so we will be prepared to uh, divert such inquiries to uh, uh, those who find them a subject of professional interest, regardless of the expense. Outside of the story, forensic medicine has barely started at this point yeah yeah, yeah that's i'm trying to be aware of that so yeah and, and as jerry i know where i know we're exaggerating but i'm figuring that mr abelard just wants all the remains and bodies and whatnot he can get and so if we have to sort of act yeah. like we're way more professional yeah. in research than we really are maybe the provincial uh you know local folks uh will take our word for it yeah. hopefully 
Oh, we've got three possibles so far, as far as I can think. We've got the site itself where the bodies were. We've got the kind of area around the train, the, the railroads where maybe some of the guys hang out. And we've got a place where they sometimes get a bit of welfare. Some well, uh, in order to, uh, in order not to lose uh, any further time, uh, Dan, perhaps, uh, perhaps you and I should uh, inspect the sites. Uh, I think we both have uh, some experience uh, in uh, wilderness settings. Uh, maybe we'll uh, notice uh, something that uh, that more uh, uh, more yeah. local police uh, would have missed. Um, uh, yeah, I think we Jasper, are you, uh, are you maybe we should stick together. Yeah, we should stick together. Well, in that I'm case, we should probably hurry before people either disappear or uh, ruin any evidence left at the sites. Um, well, which is clo which is closer? Probably, probably the sites if they're just outside of town. Well, once is three blocks from the. Uh. Yeah. Well, why don't we go there first then? It's close by. Thank you, Doctor Rogers. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, can we get copies of your report? Um, no copy machines. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like you. We know where they are. I'll see uh, what I, I thought, can do. I thought perhaps you might have made uh, facsimiles or could do so. Carbon uh, copies. I'll see what I can do. Thank you very much again, Dr. Rogers. Uh, and please do uh, do let uh, Detective uh, Garmon know if there's uh, anything else that comes to your mind or that uh, we could do uh, to uh, further assist, although hopefully there will be no more such remains for you to examine. Mm -hmm. Yep. So with that, I guess we head to the three blocks away site. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's by no, now about noon, right? So we should have good light to see stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, all right. Um, yep. You you look at the uh, hand drawn map that the detective gave you, and it's crude, but you know it's go down this road, go around this block, and um, you see what he referred to as like this trail. Um, and the grass in that area has been kind of like matted down a little bit. Um, so you're pretty sure you've got the right location. Okay. Um, well, let's start walking around and yeah. yeah. Looking for stuff. Yeah. Anything out of the ordinary? Just so you know, this is just off of Rue Roy. That's hard to Roo say. Roy. Um, and I've learned that the word Rue is French Canadian for street or road. Street. So Roy Street. It is on, it's in France too. Uh, it's another, it's a long row of houses. There's a couple of businesses scattered about. Uh, typical, you know, small town development basically. Um, the road stops where it enters the woods. Um, I'm going to ask you all to do a track roll. Um, wow, I passed. 
My my tracking is is quite poor at twenty. So do you mind if I can I do a track roll for for Rex instead? Yeah. Okay. My track is ten, and I got a four. Oh, wow. Jeff, does it matter? I, I got I got a sixteen, so it doesn't matter whether it's it's Rex or me. I got a hard success as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you guys are you guys are on the case. You you know what you're looking for, kind of. So you're your intent um, and you're doing well. So you find uh, a bunch of matted footprints that are leading up into the woods a little bit. Of one, well, never mind. I failed, so I can't ask questions. A number of, a number of tracks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are these, are oh. these just like boot, normal boot prints or do they look like something else? I would say normal boot prints. Um. Is that a lobster print that I see? <laughs> um, um how about this? Let's have you guys of wearing boots. <laughs> yes. But 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 wait, we're we're in the middle of town, right? Uh you're like on the southern southeastern edge of town right now. So on one side of you is the town, on the other side of the woods leading up into the mountains. And is it a trail that these boots are going up? Uh I mean, maybe it's unusual and maybe it's not unusual at all. People just go up there or walk up the trail. Yeah, it. so I'm trying to like, um, it's, it's not like the Appalachian Trail. Okay. Okay, so like it could be that this is a spot that people come to that if they're looking to get up to hike into the woods, they might go in this way. Um, but it's not like it's a heavily worn path. Okay. Does that, that help explain it? you guys think that this is leading towards something or? Yeah, I think we should follow it. Do we have any kind of gist of how many sets of footprints it could be? Is it kind of two or three or five or six or, you know, hmm. just kind of generally amount? I'll say between five to ten. Well, then it seems hmm. kind of common, but Let's so it's either, see where it's it Yeah, let's follow it. Bring the dog along, Jasper. Let's see if there's, he picks up a scent or anything. Jeff, oh since I uh, clearly uh, couldn't really make out the tracks very well, and these guys seem to be doing quite fine, uh, I'd just like to keep a lookout to see if anybody is paying attention to us, following us, rustling around in the trees, you know other people and things you know any any uh any uh you know lobster mole men popping up uh, mm. from the ground uh, i want to know about it mm -hmm. <laughs> so. okay i'll uh, keep that in the back of my mind okay um could um could uh tug jasper and danny do a spot hit in them Eleven. That's better than half. Nice. Hard success as well. I, nice. I failed. Okay. Um, with your Rex got a six. You got a six. Rex got a six. Out of hard next His spot hidden is fifty. Okay. 
Well, I guess for now I'll focus on the humans. Yeah, I was going to say it could be quite difficult to for Rex to articulate what he's seen. Lobster, lobster, grabster. What? What? What are? What are? What are? What are these Migo? Um, what? Are, what does their skin feel like, Rex? Rough. So maybe if we maybe if we put Jasper's brain in Rex's body. Uh, no, where where, where are the Migo when they steal people to to take their brains? Roof. <laughs> so um, yeah, you guys start combing the area pretty well, and it's not too long until both Tug and Danny catch something in the dirt. Um, it looks like two drag marks. Uh, I, I can elaborate if you want, but I think you... Like heel marks? Yeah, exactly. Hey, look, does this look like heel marks? Yeah, it does. Is, is, it, is it more like a straight line, or does it look like it's kicking and moving about, like mm. live? Yeah, good question. It looks like a straight line. Yeah, it was. This guy was knocked out. Or uh, dead weight. Yeah. Guys, we're onto something already. Let's find out where it came. Well, apparently we're on to something that uh, was not immediately just dumped. Uh, uh, have any of you been wondering uh, whether or not it might be that the local authorities don't want to investigate thoroughly? No, I don't think that they have the time or the resources. Um, however, something just occurred to me. The doctor said that the brains were removed, but not surgically. What if we're, I mean, we're assuming that the Miko are somewhere here, mm. but does it seem, it, it would seem like if the, the, the Miko were some sort of master surgeons, the evidence would have been there. What if these are people trying to appease the Miko? It or, would seem, uh, you're right, Tug, it would seem that if the Miko were involved, the bodies would uh in fact, the evidence would not have been there. No evidence at all. And, so I think you're right. Someone and, is uh, perhaps trying to s sell them the brains or and, even, as you said, yeah. a piece. And they would go after transients. Yes. Yeah, I think, I think you might be right. Because it seems different. It seems different to what was happening at the university. Mm. So... so uh, professional. Right. Yeah. So either word will spread that we are here and uh, there will not be any more remains or whoever's doing this is sufficiently uh, mad or desperate or both, that there's their will. So let's see where this trail leads. Absolutely. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. But you know, you, you guys might have already thought of this, but the, the skulls were sawn off was the way you described it. We're in a place with a big sawmill. So, you know, it could be uh, not like a hand saw, but some kind of powered saw. Yeah, it might, might be difficult, though, to, I mean, it's going to be difficult to saw off the top of someone's head and, and not damage the brain, though. Yeah. Well, yeah, with a wood saw, that would be pretty hard. Anyway, let's keep going. I would have thought a butcher's saw. Like a bone saw. Yeah, like a bone saw. That would make more sense. And they wouldn't cut, they would cut most of the way through. 
and then they probably well, like, time this size. the rest using the like something like the cranial screw top method or something. I think uh, uh, I think I need a sanity roll. Yeah, I failed. Well, in a town this size, the only people likely to have bone saws are the coroner and the butcher. Well, or whatever murderer has uh, become obsessed with the Migo and uh, purchased a bone oh, saw. I, I, I don't know about that. A place like this, I mean, a, a lot of uh, there's a lot of people go hunting and uh, dress dress mm. their own meat and things. They, That's they, true. They might well have a, a bone saw or at least a, a, a little tenon saw that they use as a bone saw. Mm. So, uh, Jeff, the direction that we're kind of heading in this trail, is this going up into the mountains? Yes. Oh. So it could be a cave or uh, something. Or see if the trail then suddenly goes back down and goes straight to the yeah the sawmill. Or... So I think I, well, heard Danny, I think I heard Danny say you guys are following the trail then, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't quite make out these drag marks, uh, gentlemen. Uh, are there still other uh, track? Are the drag marks? Can you show me? Uh, are they still? I'm trying to ask guys if the drag marks are still continuing, but I know I never saw them in character. So. Here and here. See it here and here. Mm. Uh, okay. Those okay yes, I see. Um, well, so this is some distance to a. Uh, some distance to be a dragon. Well, someone. Uh, how far have we come, Jeff? So I'm going to ask you all to do a spot hidden, unless, Jerry, you're still looking over your shoulder. No, I'm, I'm interested in the tracks now because they pointed it out. I'm, I'm not looking. Okay. I'm looking at the lines on the ground. <laughs> uh, okay, Jeff. Uh, I got a uh, hard success on spot hidden. Okay. Um, I I got a ninety-eight. I'm um, the dogs just jumped up at me, and I'm going losing group at that. So I can't. But I'm it. watching because I got a ninety-three. Yeah. Okay. So either that or one of my eyes has fallen out. I'm trying <laughs> to find it on the ground or something. Uh, I'm sorry, Jerry. You got a, an extra hard. No, hard. only hard. Hard okay. success. All right, so after approximately 100 yards, the uh, trail pretty much goes cold and stops. At the, at the, the drag marks right. were all the way there? Yeah. And it, 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 where is this site in relation to the site where the body was found? It's about a football field away. Um, so I was, uh, that may have been my mistake. I'm considering this whole area as the where the body was found. Ah, okay. So we're we are where the body was found. Okay. Right. Right. I see. Well, uh, dragged rather than dumped, but otherwise this seems to uh, fit what we expected. Uh, then I look around of, a lot more closely to see if I find anything weird. You let's know, sort of right there. spread out to see. Yeah, if we find anything odd, like mm. big giant lobster claw or uh, bone saw, bar knuckles. Barnacles. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to ask you for another spot hidden then. Uh, exactly the same. Hard success. Uh, I missed it by six. Can I spend six luck? Uh, you want me to. Okay. I've, I've also got... Um, oh, no, I haven't, actually. Um, 
I've got an extreme success. Okay. Wow. Damn. Danny's Danny's clueless because he's busy looking up into the mountains to see if he can see any caves or anything like that up in the distance. Okay, that makes sense. Jasper, that's that's a good roll. Um, you guys kind of spread out, fan out a little bit, and something catches your eye in the sunlight, and down low on some uh, brambles, it looks like there's a little small piece of torn clothing. Uh, who's that, Jeff? J only Jasper or all of us who made the heart success? I'm say Jasper. He got an extreme. Okay. Hey, look! Look at look at this! Look, there's just look. There's a, a tiny bit of cloth. Yeah, it looks like it might have been torn off someone's clothing. Oh yeah. Oh, look, brambles. Let's have some brambles. Okay, go over and look at I it. But as I'm going over to look at it, I'm also looking to see if there might be other bits and pieces that Jasper didn't see. I wonder if it would be possible to get a scent from this bit of cloth and follow the track, the scent, to find whoever um, or wherever they came from. Hmm. Tug, get down and sniff it. Anything? It smells like, like, uh, King of the Mole Men. <laughs> old smells like Old Spice. Well, uh, Jasper, it would indeed be Hi, ironic. If the, uh, it would indeed be ironic if the dog you uh, acquired in the course of our initial conflict proved to be the undoing of the uh, Migo, wouldn't it? The dog. I'd almost forgotten. Um, I'll see if I'll I'll, I'll get the dog to um, sniff. The, uh, the piece of cloth. Well, wait, Jasper, let's have a look at it before you uh, just have the dog um, sniffing it. Uh, Jeff, what does it look like? Uh, like I said, it's just a small little piece, maybe, I guess we're in Canada again, maybe about a centimeter. Um, well, so it's just it, a little uh, scrap of what, well, red flannel? It's actually blue. Blue flannel. Did you, did you say it was flannel? Uh, cotton. I Nothing have flannel and you can have cotton. What was that, Danny? If I have flannel and you can have cotton. <laughs> um, is there anything else on it other than, you know, it? No. So in terms of where that... Does it look like, like jacketing or, or a shirt material? Or... It's impossible to tell. Well, we could probably tell if it was blue jean material, yeah. And does it look like it's caught where it was? Like like it had torn off because it was caught there, like someone passing, or like it was just sort of dropped there? Right, it's it's like uh, what I what I use, brambles? Yeah. Thorn, thorns or yeah. sucker bush, whatever. Okay. Um, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I'm going to say it's too small to really get a good identification. We don't even well, know. Well, Jasper, go ahead. I think your dog can make more of this than we can. Okay. Well, I've 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 read a lot about this, so um, I I I hope I can get this right. Um, we don't know what the guy was wearing, so this might not be anything at all. Jasper, I'm, did you I'm... just say you uh, learned uh, tracking with dogs from reading about it? From a book. I see. 
practice for reading it. Hey, you were you were content to learn um, magic from books. I I'm, I guess I can learn tracking. I'm just gonna I'm gonna hold. Well, I wouldn't it. say I was content, Jasper, but I uh, haven't had the uh, fortune to meet any uh, magi in person yet. As far as I'm aware, but a cloth in front of the dog's nose, and um, say, um, now would you be a good chap? and see if you can possibly find uh, the owner of uh, this. No, I'll just say, come on, find it, find it, boy. Good boy, find it. Lug's just got up now. <laughs> maybe maybe dog the up. dog hasn't read the book. And uh, I'll make a trap for <laughs> I reckon it hasn't, Doug. Oh, no, hang on. If you fail, I have a funny... He's just got up, made a single circuit of the of the coffee table, and gone back to bed in disgust. Really nasty look on his face. Can't believe you woke me up for that. Oh, I have rolled nine out of six. But Tug, if it proves that Jasper's dog uh, was taught to read, Brother Migo, uh, perhaps uh, we can start referring to it as his familiar then. He is, after all, the one who found the book uh, on actual witchcraft. The familiars don't know how to read. They just... Uh, ta tagging me, tagging me <laughs> off. No, I, I said that wrong. Um, he, <laughs> pull, he pulls me towards the sense. Uh, go after Jasper, I guess. Wrist right. <laughs> um, hmm. Oh, it's like a Rintin Tin film. <laughs> I'll say that he starts to pull you back towards the direction of the street. Aha. Ah, yeah, because that's the way the trail's going, isn't it, really? We're, we're following the other direction. Uh, well, this, uh, but that is further evidence that uh, they were brought here from the town. I wonder how far into town the, uh, your dog will take us. Well, probably back to where the body was found, I would imagine. But we are where the body was found. Perhaps it's taken us where the body was first acquired. Let's find out. Sorry, I, I, am I misunderstanding, Jeff? I thought you were saying that the dog was, was trying to follow the scent back to, to town. So the direction we've come from, that would be, would it? Yes. The, I think there's a little bit of confusion where the body was found. Uh, it basically, the heel drag marks stopped there yeah. at the brambles. So that is where the body was found specifically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, oh, so you followed we... the trail up to, right. you followed the heel drag trail. Yeah. Uh, you so uh, then, can we correct you? Hold on, let me, let me just, you followed the heel drag trail up into the woods. The heel drag trail stopped cold. The grass is kind of matted down around the area. You found the little scrap of clothing in the, in the briars there. And now the dog just caught the whiff and now he's pulling you back towards the- So it appears that the body was dragged from town and the dog is leading us back to, well, as far as it can. I thought- oh. I thought that the body was dragged from up in the mountains down to this spot, but you're saying it was dragged from the town up here. Correct. Well, I think that lends further evidence to your theory, Tug, that we are dealing with uh, some kind of uh, deranged madman attempting to uh, traffic with or otherwise appease the Migo. Indeed. Speaking of witches and familiars. Well, 
might be a regular human sacrifice. I suppose then we should we should uh, see where the dog leads us and, and whether he takes. Well, yes, I suppose we should. Yes, but just stay focused on the dog. Don't distract. Let's not distract him. Um, but, I will but I'm still keeping a bit of a lookout to encourage him to um, follow the, the trail, which I'm not going to say out loud here because it will cause my dog to jump up off his bed. Right. More than possibly more than one dog, it's going to just create chaos. Right. Yeah, yeah. If the other, uh, and, if the other dog wakes up, then we've had. And it. Jeff, since the uh, dog's doing all the tracking, I have uh, reverted to lookout status since now I'm even more concerned that somebody might even register that a dog is following this trail, right? Mm -hmm. I'm, just, I'm just, with, just out walking the dog, that's all. Well, well and it seems so suspicious that they got rid of the bodies so quickly. Yes, especially uh, in a Catholic country. Uh, I mean, I understand well enough that uh, the uh, attitude toward the uh, drunken and dispossessed indigent in a our own land is, uh, uh, well, perhaps justifiably uh, derisive, but in a Catholic country to uh, cremate remains uh, simply because they were mutilated, not identified, and uh, belong to the poor, this seems, at the very least, unusual. So the dog starts to pull you, Jasper, on your fancy quick-release leash. Um, pulling you towards the town and just as you're kind of like getting back to where the woods line breaks there's a bit of grass area and then the street uh, is just beyond that grassy area uh, suddenly uh, Rex uh, sees a butterfly and starts chasing after the butterfly oh damn, it. damn. and I think we'll end it there <laughs> <laughs> it was a butterfly that did it Butterfly wings. Are you sure no. it wasn't a tiny lobster with the wings of a butterfly? <laughs> Our players included Mick Swan, George C., Ken Trench, and myself, with Jeff Wilkins as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a ritual listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.